I don't have a way to open this up, but I'm Nate, you're Micah, and we're doing, it's going to be a not so bite-sized, bite-sized. It's going to be a thing. Yeah, it's going to be a beefy bite size, but we're going to try to keep it under an hour, I think. If yeah. we can, <laughs> if we, you know, we will, we will shoot for what we can. Um, but anyways, this, so this episode or this recording or whatever we're, we're, was really comes out of the fact that, uh, over the last couple of weeks, there's some news about Sony that's really sort of hit. And, you know, some of that involves like the shutting down of the PS3, uh, PSP Vita stuff. Um, then there's been a report from Bloomberg that's come out um, talking about just some of the the inner drama with uh, Ben Studios um, and the Naughty Dog and the Last of Us Two remake and all that, or the Last of Us remake second remake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's that's that's neither. But and then um, well, and we just sort of talked about. Uh, it, it was something that I I ended up sending you a text because I was reading some stuff and listening to some stuff. And I was like, I need to talk to Mike about this. And then yeah. we ended up talking for like two and a half hours because, you know, uh, you know, as as the, the, the saying goes, we are really good at being bad at brevity. That was super timely to get that text. It was a Saturday. I had nothing to do that day, which was kind of a little bit weird for a Saturday. And I was like, yeah. I do want to talk about this as well because there's there's not many people you can just kind of sit down and have this conversation with, and, and you're definitely one of those guys. But no. it's it's just a thing where like you look at it and it's like, what is, is Sony asleep behind the wheel, you know, or what? You sort of have to ask these questions, and um, it just seems like it's it's hit after hit after hit. Um, so yeah, it was something that that we chopped up a couple of days ago, and. We're going to try to rehash the highlights here. I wish we could have recorded that conversation because that would have been much better. Well, that would have been a, a bit of a meandering mess because there were times <laughs> where we were all over the place. This and is it, true. You know, um, but, and I guess I'm, I'm going to sort of put my cards on the table. You and I both sort of are fairly entrenched in the Sony camp. You are probably a little bit more so than me. I mm-hmm. tend to be a little more mercenary and, and it's kind of like, who's got the games? Um in the Xbox 360 PS3 generation, I actually avoided Sony the the PlayStation 3 for the bulk of that that life cycle or that that cycle just because I felt that the 360 had a better experience and was offering a, me a little bit more. And towards the end, you know, and we're talking like a year or two before the PS4 came out. I got a PS3 and I was like, and I started, I played the last of us. And then I started dipping my toes into some of those Sony exclusives. And I was like, Oh, there's some real magic going on over here. Mm -hmm. Like, um, but you know, for me is I just like good games, you know, and you and I have both talked about this and, and I don't want to sort of belabor the point, but I, I think like it, sometimes I kind of like, when we have friends who are Xbox apologists or, you know, and, and I kind of just like roll my eyes, you know, when they're like, but Xbox, I was like, listen, Xbox one got slaughtered last gen. Yeah. Like, let's just be like Sony ate their lunch. And if you're in that sort of fanboy camp, that's like, that's like, that's a win for the team, you know? And that's cool. Um, and you and I have even both talked about like the fact that like I'm really kind of impressed with some of the moves that Microsoft is making. For sure. And, and and so part of this too is like we can't really talk about some of the Sony stuff without talking about some of the Microsoft stuff. 
and again, just to sort of recap some of that, you and I, when we talked about some of the Zenimax Bethesda acquisition stuff, I said, basically, I think in a lot of ways, uh, especially with all the other studios that they've acquired, you know, with sort of this, this revamp, just buying up studios, you know, prior to the Zenimax acquisition, it's really actually just sort of putting Microsoft back in the, back in the game. Yeah. Um, and I said, like, I, that doesn't bother me nearly as much as like, but I, as some other things, but what does concern me is if this becomes the sort of like the go-to move where Microsoft just keeps just buying up studios and purchasing services. And like, because like here, here, the, the reality of it is this, and this is my biggest concern is that I think um, when it comes to this and we, we might be able to touch it is like, I think over consolidating the market so that you, you don't have a lot of the independent actors that you used to is a bad thing. Um, and that's sort of, I think, kind of what's hitting Sony a little bit too, especially after our conversation. That's sort of where I ended up landing. Um, and and with Microsoft's moves, they're they're taking some of the biggest independent developers and they're just scooping them up. Um, and then, it, it, in addition, it's like the, this idea where uh, Sony is a seventy billion dollar company. Microsoft, okay, and 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 here's the point that I've always made, and it, this is not again to just sort of throw shade, but this is just a sort sort of to establish like narrative fact. Microsoft, you cannot separate Xbox from Microsoft's, like you you can't separate the financials. So, and it's not to say that Xbox has access to all that that money and resources, but Microsoft as a company can actually lose money on the Xbox division with consistency. And they make it up in other places. Right. Like, they, like I mean, dude, you and I both, and again, this is not, I, I, I want this to be any Xbox listeners, you know, I'm not dogpiling on the system or anything like that. What I'm just pointing out is that when you look at investor calls, when you look at those meetings and the notes and the things that come out of it, they're not talking about any sort of profitability from the Xbox division. It's Azure uh, cloud computing. It's their office suite. It's their, it's, you know, teams, it's whatever. Like they're talking about all sorts of other stuff and Xbox never even figures into that. And I think that's because I'm not sure that it's all that profitable. So with that being sort of the stage set, like I called you and I was like, dude, like my, my question was like, what the heck is going on here? Is Sony asleep at the wheel? Yeah, I mean, um, a lot to unpack there. Well, really, you went into a couple of the things as far as the Zenimax Bethesda deal, and then uh, so so. The, but but there's there's a whole bunch of other things sort of at play here. There's several. So for, there's that, and then there's the um, MLB the Show news, which if you're yeah. familiar with that, became uh, it was already known that it was coming to the Xbox platform, but then that uh, day one Game Pass thing was gutting. Yeah, but since MLB's publishing it on platforms outside of PlayStation, they made a deal with Microsoft to get it on day one on Game Pass, um, where you have to pay 70 bucks to get it for the PlayStation side. So there's that. And then there was, um, uh, oh, there's the PS3, PS Vita store closures, um, which they just kind of, Sony didn't handle gracefully at all. A big blunder there. And then, and then finally, the Jason Schreier report that came out last week as of this recording. And um, that kind of went into some of the stuff that you talked about with Naughty Dog, Bend, this kind of visual art support studio in San Diego. 
and kind of how Sony's been handling that. So I think each oh, oh and, and then the Kojima so yeah i knew there was another one i was forgetting so all of that that i just mentioned all five or six of those things combined in the past uh you know two or three months or so have created this unrest um amongst uh amongst the sony fan base and it's kind of like like oh wow yeah, well microsoft's really kind of landing the blows and and leveling mm-hmm. the playing field from what was last gen so that's kind of where we're at right now, and that's what we're going to try to unpack is, um, and let me talk about what you were just saying with Microsoft kind of snatching up the studios and buying and kind of conglomerating everything under the under one umbrella. Because it's Microsoft and because the position that they're in, historically compared to companies like Nintendo, mm-hmm. Sony, and even Sega, they don't necessarily have the luxury to achieve their goals that they want to achieve with Game Pass and everything else by just organically growing development studios. Mm-hmm. Um, they they, they uh, uniquely needed to go out and get some talent. And so that's what they did. Um, I, I think maybe with the Bethesda move, is some may say, okay, well, okay, well whoa, you, you, you went out and you got the initiative, you got Double Fine, you got um, several other awesome studios. And then you go out and just make this kind of huge splash and get all of the Bethesda studios as well. It's like, okay, is that maybe too much? But whatever. I think I'm not as alarmed by that as you are. I think that's kind of a fair ball for 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 the market and the way that Microsoft has kind of positioned themselves throughout history compared to mm-hmm. the other companies, like I just said. But it's just kind of unsavory, and it's not something that for me. Um, I'm probably, I mean, they still have to prove it with yeah, the quality yeah, yeah. of their games. You know, um, one thing I told you, we, we talked about on that phone conversation the other day is, you know, look at the last year of the Xbox One generation. There wasn't a single worthwhile Xbox exclusive to talk about. And then here we are at the launch of the Series X. You had Yakuza Like a Dragon and what else? Nothing. And yeah. so and so, what you've had is, is a whole year and a half Already, because we're six months into the into this generation, and Xbox haven't, hasn't really given you anything. While Sony has had Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part Two, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Miles Morales, uh, Dead Sp- uh, 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 sorry, uh, Demon Souls, um, mm-hmm. got Returnal, Returnal and right the around Ratchet the corner, and, and Ratchet and Clank yep. right around the corner. So yep. like, they're still hitting and satisfying the fan base. So I guess what I'm saying is like. Sony's still producing quality games at a steady beat, mm-hmm. and I've yet to see a tangible fruit from Microsoft's efforts. So, well, and let's—I mean, I—and again, I—I I don't want to dogpile on Microsoft too much, but you and I have had this conversation, and I just feel like it's kind of fair to be said. And there were things that happened to like smaller things that actually sort of you know popped up, made my eyebrows pop up. So when Octopath Traveler came out. For Game Pass, um, and you know it didn't drop on on place on, on Sony. And yeah. here's the thing: I don't think it's going to. I, I mean, and you and I think have sort of like texted back and forth. I really don't think it's going to because last when I did some digging, Nintendo. Um, now again, the PC port was I think handled by Bandai Namco or maybe mm-hmm. it, was, it was handled by a, a third party, mm-hmm. but Nintendo. Um, Owns the public like Square Enix owns the publishing rights for in Japan, 
And when it came to the rest of the world, Nintendo had control of the publishing rights. Mm -hmm. Now, and again, I don't know how, like, what the deal was. Maybe that's lapsed or whatever. Um, But to me, I was like, that was an interesting sort of like little signal because I was like, well, this is a basically a Nintendo property that you you know. And again, it's not it's not really it's a Square Enix property. Mm -hmm. But here's a Nintendo property that Nintendo's throwing on Game Pass and throwing out to my the Microsoft, which actually sort of showed like that. I think Microsoft and Nintendo are going to be probably be playing a lot nicer this gen maybe um, than them perhaps like. Well, Nintendo's ever played with anybody, but um, so there was that. But then, you know, and to, let's just talk about Game Pass for a second, sure. just a second. But like, and it's not to say that there aren't good games on there. And it's I will even concede the the thought, the idea that when you're talking just straight economics, it is the best deal in gaming. It's a value, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, it's the best value in gaming. It's the best value in gaming. But at the end of the day. The vast majority of what's on there is stuff I already have access to or I already own. And okay. it's like there's nothing on there. There's like Game Pass is just because it's like there's a bunch of games at my fingertips. I mean, you and I and and just just as per like the just the regular breakdown goes, like that's a lot of like a lot of options for paralysis, you know, and for some gamers mm-hmm. that might be the go to way the, the, that might be the play. Yeah. You know, for some people that that might actually be the economically and just the, as far as like just, you know, stewardship and, 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 and as far as looking at those principles, that's probably the better play for them. But I'm saying for guys like you and for guys like me, we're kind of going like old game is old. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, and, you know, and to the quickly to that point, we'll move on just kind of. um you know, one thing that we talk about on the Backlog Breakdown is, you know, to, you know, uh, be a good steward with your time and, and your video game mm-hmm. time and to, you know, uh, don't, and this isn't like a date, but, but but don't settle for, you know, the second best. So when I have, me personally, I have very limited game time, I can't play everything on Game Pass. So I just pick and choose like four or five or six games throughout the year that I want to play. And usually those high quality, those sort of high watermark games are still on the Sony platform or on Nintendo. You know, like I want to go play Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild and God of War and Horizon and stuff. And like Microsoft is sort of lacking in that really kind of grade A department, you know, of late. Um, you know the Halos and the Gearses and, and what have you haven't haven't quite hit. Yeah, they have good titles, uh, Ori, Cuphead, and things like that are fantastic. But just Which, overall, for my money, I'm still fine plunking down full price game for you know something I'm only going to get like four or five of them a year. I'd probably say too, like, and it's something I've heard other people say, um, like if you were to look at something like Ori, and if that had come out on Nintendo initially, or if that was like a Sony game probably would have gotten you know arguably i think some of the hype that it, those games really deserved i feel like on i feel like on the microsoft platform they sometimes it just they they don't quite get the attention that they need to and maybe that's a just sort of because there is a sort of glut of there there's so much but it's like these are really standout titles and it's unfortunate because they just kind of like i mean i'm not saying that they're like or he's the Ori titles are great. Yeah, you know, I played um, the first one. Uh, that's not Will of the Wisps, but uh, Blind Forest. Ori in the Blind Forest, and I have the second one. And I mean, 
really impressive titles, but it's just like, it just feels like it's, I don't know if necessarily Microsoft really knows what to do with that stuff. I, you know, and this is, that's just like, it's something that's always kind of bugged me because I'm like, man, like if that had like dropped on PlayStation, like I almost feel like those would have been heralded like a little bit better or something. I don't know. Well, we've been talking about kind of the acquisitions and them kind of spending some money to, to put titles on, on game pass. So that is, would be a good segue to talk about Kojima. If those rumors are true, you know, um, you know, perhaps the, the deal or the offer, I should say was too good to be true for Kojima. And, you know, uh, so the rumors are that he is, um, you know, got an exclusive game for his next game coming exclusively to the, the Xbox platform. So, if that comes to fruition, that would be a huge get, obviously. Now, you know, apparently Death Stranding didn't sell gangbusters, but I don't think that really matters, um, especially to Microsoft. Um, you know, have the, the, the optics of having Kojima exclusively on your platform is enough. So um, He's one of gaming's, like, only really auteurs, or however you said it. You know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. he's, like, a, a big deal. Like, when his name is stamped on something, and, like, like dude, like... And, and I haven't even played that stranding, but if like the way that people were basically reacting to delivery person, the game, <laughs> you know, is that's, that's, I don't know. Like there it's, it's critically like lauded in a lot of ways. Like people are like, this is just wild and it's great and it's crazy. So it's like, yeah, if, if he's like, and he has traditionally sort of been a Sony, like firmly in camp Sony. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a big. What? Yeah, the, the only thing that I have a question about is you know he uh, was shopping around when he started making Death Stranding for an, a game engine and he landed on um, Guerrilla Games' Decima engine, which is owned by Sony, and so it, he made Death Stranding on that. I don't know if he's still using Decima or how that works, or if he's moved on, or yeah, maybe it's just a false rumor and won't become true, but. Um, I believe it is true. I think it's going to happen. And, um, you know, there's not really much I can say. I mean, I'm a big fan of Kojima's. I'm probably going to pick up the game wherever it lands. And yeah. uh, that's a big snag for Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is one of those things where when you and I talked about it, I was just kind of like, there's there's a little bit of kind of like, man, well, you know, that it you almost as like as sort of a, a a fan of like the Sony ecosystem you, you kind of feel snubbed by that a little bit because it's like dude like Sony Sony published your Death Stranding Delivery Man the game yeah, they got you set it's up like, and it's like dude like that that kind of feels like a little bit of a betrayal but something you pointed out to me is like maybe Sony had first look at it and was like yeah, and uh, or you know, and and I think that that's sort of like the other side of that is that maybe Microsoft just came with a giant sack of money, yeah, and Sony's like we can't match it, and if that becomes the game, and that's sort of been my my big concern in all of this, because if that becomes the game, and if that becomes the de facto move, Microsoft's just going to steamroll everybody because they can just throw away money. Yeah, uh, if if that is the case and yeah. things like that keep happening, I guess my question is I want to see the longevity of Game Pass. You know, kind yeah. of going back to your original kind of argument is, is I don't see how it can sustain, uh, you know, business um, if, if it's not that profitable unless they're, Microsoft is just okay eating the cost. Um, 
So I'm really, really curious to see how that turns out just kind of, you know, five years down the road, what's Game Pass going to look like and those types of things. Is the price going to go up or what have you? Um, but yeah, huge get for them there. Um, uh, the, the other thing was, uh, I guess you want to talk about the PS3 store and the Vita store. You want to move on to that? Well, you know, yeah. So we like we talked about the the Kojima sort of and like just like the weird sort of like shakeup that that was. We we've touched on the well. Let's talk just for a few more minutes too, and just sort of another sort of like the MLB the Show Day One Game Pass kind of thing, like. And I know we touched on that, but, you know, I think what was really devastating to me in that, and it's like, hey, listen, for the, the fact of the matter is Sony had the exclusive license on that for years. And, and they had it because they made a superior baseball game. Mm-hmm. And it, it's probably pretty evident at this point in time, like the MLB came and basically said, you're going to release it on Microsoft or we're going to yank the license. Yeah. And Sony was like, ah, fine. I think what was sort of been really like what really kind of bummed me out. And it's like, and you and I, again, talked about that. Maybe just like this, the check that Sony got cut on that, like they're fine with taking that money, but I'm hearing stories about people who had the, the $70 pre, you know, had it pre-ordered or who are ready to sort of plonk down like the big money on the PS5 version of that. And you know, they're like, I can play day one on Game Pass. They, you know, got the refund on, they returned their their pre-order or they retur- returned it and, and got their money back. And it's like, that has, like, that kind of stuff eats into Sony's bottom line, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, you know, and, and, and I guess sort of you and I talked about, like, I, I looked at that and I'm sort of like, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm on Sony's, like, any decision-making capacity there and the MLB is coming to me and saying, you're going to do X, Y, and Z, my response is gonna, and especially after that, I'd be like, "Oh no, like we're done here." Like, <laughs> like you can take that, you can give it to Two K, you can give it to EA, you can give it to whoever you want. And when the fans are mad at you because now you have a subpar baseball sim experience, like, like you're not, you're not gonna gut us like that. But again, it could be an issue where they got a, a, a check big enough to sort of justify eating that. I don't know. Yeah, kind of like the Kojima situation. Of course, there's tons of unknowns. We don't know. We're we're filling in the gaps of all these things. Yeah. So so we could be way off on on this. But it, it seems like again, kind of another sort of slap in the face to Sony, um, where it's like you know, oh yeah, you make this great game for us. You made it for us for a while. It sells great. Um, but it's once you keep making it for the Sony competition, Sony properties that charts on on the indie whatever that. And the MPD, yeah, yes, yes, NPD, yeah, and and so you know it it does beg the question, like you said, like is Sony going to just pack up their San Diego studio and go home, you know, and you know put them on another project or lower the resources that go into MLB the Show every year or something like that? I don't know, or you know how long is the contract? As soon as the contract's over, are they going to get out? Sony, I mean, they going to bail or or whatever? It's um. There hasn't been kind of a like I drink your milkshake moment like this since um, the launch of the PS4, where Adam Boys and Shuhei Rishi are like, "Hey, here's how you share your games," and he hands them, the, yeah, hands them the disc. Well, and and I even you know you and I talked about that. I said like the the difference in the moment though is that in 
in that moment when it is like, here's how you trade your PS4 games, you know, it was really Microsoft had sort of just ignored everybody. Everybody's saying like, hey, this online, this DRM stuff, the, the online all the time, the DRM, like we're not really super sold on that. And they kind of had shot themselves in the foot, like, because they had missed, like, they had ignored or disregarded all the feedback they were getting on, like, these decisions that they were making, and people didn't like it. And they were letting them know at that point in time, very, like, loudly. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's an easy dunk because you've set yourself up where the difference in this dunk is, like, it does sort of feel like someone just came in, like, (laughs) you know, and it's not like... It's not like Sony did anything. There's no huge misstep here. It's not like yeah. Sony, like their arm, their hands were tied. You mm-hmm. know, and, you know, MLB just looked at them and said, I mean, and again, this is all like, we're sort of reading between the lines, but the MLB license, they were like, if you were going to keep the license, you got to start opening it up to other platforms. Yeah. It, it's something that really just kind of fell in Microsoft's lap. You know, like, oh, this is nice. And, and, you know, they did the right thing, you know, for their end and capitalized on it. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we have it, you want to come to Game Pass? (laughs) And And it's like, they're like, yeah. (laughs) That feels really kind of scummy because it's like, well, you know, but at the same time, it's like, it's like, if I'm on, if I'm on that side, I'm like, yeah, that's the right, that's the right play. It, It is. It is. It's just, it's quite the gut punch when you think this has been a Sony developed first party exclusive for the PlayStation platform is all of a sudden better on the competitive's platform or, you know, not better, but just cheaper. <laughs> but, but it's it, like, it's, and I think too, that, you know, just sort of, and that's been sort of like the, the thing here is that the whole game pass thing and just like Microsoft's basic sort of approach has been accessibility versus where you know and 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 this is something that you and i talked about a lot more in depth in the phone call but whereas when you see the moves that i think sony is making this gen and where they're where it seems like they might be headed and where they might be going down and this will tie into this sort of the psp vita stuff is like i think they're really doubling down on sort of immersion and vr and i think they're really going to sort of like they're they're hoping to sort of like basically establish VR in a much more mainstream way. I mean, I think they already they already took the first step in doing that with the the original PSVR. Yeah. And PSVR two is an even further refinement with much better tech, with like you know much higher graphical fidelity, much higher performance, all of the like things that actually will sort of really increase that. The 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 3D sound, the the native 3D sound is going to go a long ways towards that. Mm-hmm. And so whereas. Microsoft is seeming like it's all about accessibility. You're going to be able to play Microsoft stuff everywhere. You know, it seems like Sony is like saying, well, no, you can only play Sony stuff on the PlayStation 5. But here is going to be like the boutique experience. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's two wildly different approaches here. But sort of one of the biggest criticisms, and so this this really what happened here is like, I think... In sort of that that move to embrace really embrace VR and not worry about things like backwards compatibility or at least not talk about things like backwards compatibility because mm-hmm. I think they I I have a hard time believing that they're not trying to figure something out yeah. like but I don't think they're they're having a lot of success there but this announcement it gets leaked by um, I think it was. Uh, 
I can't remember who did the initial leak, but it doesn't matter. This leak comes out, this, this sort of rumor pops out that within the next few months, they're going to be shutting down the PS3 and PSP uh, stores. And then a little bit afterwards, like Vita, like basically they're saying within, you know, the, the, that the shutdown for the PS3, PSP and PS Vita stores is imminent. Mm -hmm. And it's a rumor. It's a rumor. Sony's really like mum on the thing, the whole thing for like a week or two. And then this just like without any sort of fanfare, without any really sort of like explanation or real dialogue surrounding it. It's just like, yeah, here's the dates. And, and it's kind of like move on. And there's a part where like, and there's a lot of the community is really jacked about this. They're really upset mm -hmm. because, and, and, I, and to a certain extent, I understand because it's like, it's like three months, four months, you, you know, really like the, this is what you're going to, and this is actually coupled on top of like, there's, there's a rumor going around that there's a sort of a, a, a clock battery in in a ps3 that if it dies and there's no access to the ps store the the playstation network it will actually lock you out of your your titles like games that you quote unquote own digitally it's mm -hmm. gonna like you, you could potentially be locked out of like you know things you've purchased and again this is stuff that josh and i and and you and i and we've we've had conversations on like the merits of like digital versus physical and things like this yeah and in fact, I think this sort of makes a bit of an argument for like, if you want access to this stuff, the best possible sort of route to secure that is physically. But so you have all this, whereas in Microsoft has been like, hey, you know, the, the backwards compatible initiative stuff where there's a, like a bunch of stuff from, I think, OG Xbox and 360 that you can play if you own the disc or if you own the, the digital or if you, you know, if you've licensed the disc or you've licensed right. the digital rights, like you can play this stuff. And it's usually got a bit of a, like a, you know, they're going to be doing this, like unlocking the frame rate and like a bunch of stuff's getting, going to get frame boosted. And it's got like shiny coats of paint and they've up textures and all sorts of bells and whistles, which is a very consumer friendly move in comparison to what Sony just did. Yeah, yeah. I think this one right here is the most egregious as far as like, what are you doing here, Sony? Mm -hmm. um, uh, th though I will say, and I'll get to there in a minute, I still think it's still a little bit blown out of proportion. But anyway, oh, yeah. so yeah. Uh, first up though, Sony blew the messaging 100%. No mistaken. They, uh, it was like a byline in like a, a refresh of a page, some help page or something is how people found out about this. They sent no word to uh, to you know PlayStation owners. They sent no word to PS3 and Vita developers, and that's one thing we'll get into is there. You know, um, a, a big you know you and I are both big fans of Colin Moriarty. Mm -hmm. He is a known um, uh, PlayStation uh, you know content creator, whatever you want to call it. You know, just kind of uh, he's guy. I, I think I would say that there is probably there there aren't there aren't too many people in sort of content creation or just com commentary who are as knowledgeable about Sony's sort of history and Sony, like this guy, he's, it's not just fandom. Like he, he's a, a Sony expert in, yeah. a, in a lot of ways. And, and he makes now games mm -hmm. for the PlayStation. He, he recently made, um, uh, Hybroxia, Hybroxia 2. 2. 
and and Twin Breaker, and so he publishes games and self publishes these games on the platform for uh, for PS4 and for Vita, which hardly anybody is doing. He he loves the Vita and he supports it. He he recently I saw his tweet. He just bought a Vita dev kit and received it uh, mm-hmm. like within a month or so, um, and he got oh, no a Vita, word. A Vita test kit. Vita it's test a, kit, excuse me, not dev yeah, kit, test kit, yeah. excuse me, either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sony sold a, him same, a, a, sort of a thing for, for Vita, you know, development. And um, and he got no word whatsoever from his Sony rep that the store was shutting down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, developers like like him are left in a spot where like, oh, well, do we even publish our game for the Vita now? Do we just crunch to make the game and then put it out on a store that's going to be up for two months? Or what, you know, like all these sort of questions. So it was completely botched. And um, yeah, so so so, the, so there's that angle. As far as the consumer is concerned, I think it's a bit overblown because here's the thing: they can't, and, and no one can expect these companies to keep these sort of services going and online forever. No, this you, is you, you just this can't. was inevitable. Like this is simply an inevitable move. Like so, the, the amount of money that and time and energy that they probably have to, d- to spend just dealing with the accounting on this stuff. Like at some point in time, there's probably just, and again, I don't know how this all works. This is just speculation, but there's probably like, well, we make this amount of money from it and we we're spending this amount of money. And exactly. as soon as like, we're spending more than we're making, psh, kill the service. Like, yeah. it's just and, like. And it may feel premature to the fans, it, um, but the fact of the matter remains, whether it's this year or five or 10 years down the road, you know, you you now have an opportunity to go out and buy whatever games you wanted to go buy. You know, you, you have a heads up. You can go do that right now and store the game. They're not keeping you from downloading those games that you've bought. And they're not, you know, so they're only turning the store off, which really is kind of, you know, okay, who cares? Who really uses the PS Vita store or the PSP store and those sorts of things? I mean, like, and, and it is one of those things that when I'm looking back on it, like when they did that sort of the PS store, when the PS5 came out, they did that PS, the, the PSN store sort of refresh. And so even through like the app and on PC, you couldn't really access the PS3, PSP, PS Vita stuff anyways. You could only access the sto- that storefront through those, those, those devices. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, and I'm like, well, okay. Like they're obviously making some moves and it's, that's, you know, th- there's a whole commentary on sort of like the the tortured relationship with of, of Sony and the Vita, anyways. That just sort of yeah. There, there's a lot of like problems there, mm-hmm. but it's it is just interesting. Like I think like it's like you said, they botched the messaging on this, and they they really haven't communicated with fans. Like you know, and I've heard people say, well, maybe they have, they, they haven't communicated this because they have a back, they were waiting until they have like, they're working on some backwards compatibility options or something. And, and I'm like, well, I think if they did, they'd want to like maybe sweeten the pot a little bit, but it just, it does sort of like, I think after like, after the ML, after the stuff with the show, after the stuff with Hideo Kojima, after the article with Bend, and then it's, uh, you know, and then this, and it's like, you see all this stuff sort of like piling up and you're going like, what is going on over there? Mm-hmm. So, 
well, well the, the the Ben stuff, and we can transition to the Schreier article now. I guess that's the most recent and kind of mm-hmm. the part where I think Sony fans are like, okay, hold up, let's let's have a conversation. Yeah. About well, and this. this is the one that really, after I was listening to some coverage and after I read through some of the article myself, that's when I that's what prompted the text, and I was like, holy right. crud, right? <laughs> like I'm going um, what. So just a quick background for those who are unfamiliar, Jason Schreier, who is, despite what you think about him and some of his agendas and stuff, he's a very good reporter, especially in the video game space, which is highly lacking uh, such a thing. Um, So uh, he comes out with this report for uh, Bloomberg, and basically it's that there, so there has been this secret San Diego studio that Sony has supposedly been... um, kind of nurturing, not San Diego who makes uh, MLB The Show, but a, a new studio that it was kind of rumored to maybe be making a brand new Uncharted game or something new. And so it turns out that studio is not really a, a full-on studio. It's still just a support studio. It has been making a The Last of Us remake for the past a year or two. Um, and apparently some... Uh, some team members of Sony Bend who make Ga- who make Days Gone uh, were also pulled into this remake. Long story short, both the visual arts studio, uh, support studio, and the Bend folks were kind of like, I don't want to get pulled into this. So it's now under Naughty Dog's umbrella and kind of budget to make this remake for Last of Us, all while the support team kind of is just back to support and nothing exciting is happening there. And then it's also found out that days gone Two, the pitch for that was canned by Sony in 2019 and days gone is just starting from scratch on a brand new title, which might be exciting, but it's not days gone Two, which had gained a lot of favor recently after kind I of mean, some, some good patches days and stuff gone like that. Had a really rocky start and it mm-hmm. has really mixed reception, but it's one of those things where, and, 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 and this is, in a stable, like, you know, I think one of the things is, like, Sony has a lot of, you know, these third-person adventure action games, but they're all very different flavors and styles. Like, you have The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2, which is grim and dark, very emotionally sort of, like, heavy, and just, like, you know, you know Naughty Dog tends to just twist people up in time and knots and make them want to, like, cry their eyes out. Um, you have Spider-Man, which is just... Uh, you know, fantastic sort of adventure. There's, you have God of War 2018, you have Ghost of Tsushima and Days Gone sort of fit a, a, it fit in that camp because it's just a different flavor. Yes, these games are all sort of like, and you and I have talked a little bit, they're sort of samey, but each one of them has a different flavor. And so not everybody's going to vibe on God of War. Not everybody's going to vibe on Horizon Zero Dawn. Not, you know, whatever it is. Like these are all different sort of flavors and when you're talking about sort of like this, it's sort of that open world third person action adventure game. Like this is a very different flavor. And a lot of people, especially after they fixed up a lot of the, the buggy, the initial buggy, what it mess, a lot of people are like, no, this is actually really solid. I remember you, I think you sent me like a clip or maybe you told me about like where you were like, we're just ripping around on the motorcycle, you ramped a hill and then you ended up crashing into a grizzly bear yeah. or something and had to like fight <laughs> off this bear. And you're like, you're telling me about it. And I'm like, that sounds like fun. It's got this really interesting horde mechanic that a lot of people are like, say like, this is some of the, the most, like these horde fights are just an incredibly like interesting mechanic. Super intense. Um, 
And so this game has a bit has developed a bit of a cult following. Like a lot of people said, like, no, this game is like really good. Yeah. And so when this comes out, that basically Bend got like Days Gone Two, and and it's like maybe and and again, this is coming out of our conversation earlier. Maybe the pitch for Days Gone Two was trash. Yeah. Maybe it was just like they went in there and it was like you know sort of like. You know the 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 sort of the equivalent of uh, Dave Chappelle's "I smoke rocks, Joe Rogan" <laughs> kind of like presentation, where it was just like, "What are we?" But you know, then on top of that, Ben, a lot of Ben's sort of resources get pulled into this "The Last of Us" remake, like and you know, Naughty Dog, and in a lot of ways, probably rightfully so, has been sort of. The, the work culture there has sort of been criticized mm-hmm. by, well, and Mr. Schreier included, but a lot of people and some people coming out of it. And so it actually got to the point where two of Ben's development staff or, you know, um, big pieces of their staff left and the head of Ben Studios actually went to Sony and had to get them removed. So it got them back to a point where now they're working on a game, but there's... You, you know, th- and there's all sorts of stuff, but it's like, there's all sorts of time that has basically, their time has been, you know, for lack of a better term, wasted sort of on a game that probably nobody is really asking for. Yeah. So, so there's the Last of Us remake part, which is kind of the most upsetting. And then there's the kind of o- overall slant of the article, which was that Sony is focused on these enormous quadruple A tentpole titles and maybe not leaving room for the creative middle ground like something like a Japan studio maybe used to fill for which example. actually just that that the restructuring on that sort of like I mean and again this is something where I look at it, it was like well Japan studio hasn't done a whole lot except for the Astro stuff mm-hmm. so if you're gonna do a restructuring you're gonna like yeah put that put that team in charge so so here's here's my thoughts on that. Um, and, and kind of, I'll, I'll try to tie in everything here. So, you know, Game Pass, MLB, Kojima, all that is, that's all fair game to me. Microsoft, you're, they're, they're, you know, kind of, uh, balancing the scales a little bit more, you know, from what the last generation was. So all that's fair game. The, the store closure stuff, I think is while they did absolutely blow the messaging was a little bit overblown, but then all this about how Sony's focusing on big titles. I guess all I can say is what is sitting here in front of me. And that is, yeah, they have big titles, big tentpole titles coming up, but they've always done that. They've always had those. Mm-hmm. Um, but you say, well, you know, PlayStation is known for these creative kind of white. Think about the PS1 days and, you know, all the, you know, Katamari Damacy, whatever, you know, all these exclusives that are just kind of wacky and creative and different that are associated with PlayStation. And you, I look at it and I say, okay, well, there's Shuhei Yoshida, who they recently put on independent uh, devs. And so, like the head of independent, you know, you know, relations. And, you know, you look at the recent kind of um, whatever Sony showcase, and you look at kind of the independent games coming out. You have things like Solar Ash. You have things like uh, uh, Kena, Bridge of Spirits. You have things like... Um, I mean, there, there's Deathloop still signed, you know, that's an exclusive. There's like all sorts of indie games being 
uh, that, that are coming up that are kind of filling in these the gaps between the big temple titles like Ratchet and Resident Evil and Horizon or whatever else. And they've so, had some of that stuff too, like the Pathless that recently came out. Right, you right. Know, stuff like that. So there's unique, different, creative things that are kind of more smaller to mid-tier um, that are being satisfied through independent developers. And, you know, when we talk about the conglomeration of the industry like we did up front, I think, you know, yeah, that's happening. But also there's more indie developers than ever. And some of those guys are quite good, you know, good to where you would like you know, kind of categorize as like a double A studio almost like a super giant maybe or something like that. Um. And those are filling in the gaps, I think. So while maybe that is true that Sony is focusing on those tentpole titles, um, that's what their first party studios are handling. And so that they're leaving that kind of creative middle tier to the to the independent developers who can kind of take that risk a little bit better. Um, so uh, that's kind of my thoughts on that. But, but yeah, any well, there? and I think. Something that you pointed out when we were talking about this before is I really think that, and again, sort of going back to what I, I said about the stuff with VR, I think when PSVR 2 comes out, a lot of that experimentation and that weirdness that like people are like missing or like kind of upset about, I think that's going to start showing up there. Mm -hmm. That we're going to see a lot of really creative push. The, I mean, like, honestly, and I haven't even played that much of it, but Astro's Playroom is like one of the most, and, and, I, and I, I try not to be too hyperbolic or too sort of extreme, but it is one of the most paradigm shifting games I have ever played in my life. Like 100%. even, even like the, the, the 15, 20 minutes that I played of that game blew my mind it's a 3D platformer that sort of rocked my socks off. And historically, I am not big on those, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and I was just like, you know, so I'm saying like, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff like that that's going to like, you know, we, we talked a little bit about um, the Half-Life Alex stuff and how like mm -hmm. these games are sort of really changing and shifting everything. And so I just... You know, there are things there. And I think uh, as people who are invested and enjoy and, and care about the Sony ecosphere, there are things for us to be concerned about because it, it definitely is. Sony is not responding the way that, it, you know, frankly, in my opinion, that they should be on a lot of this stuff. They're, they're lot, letting a lot of stuff slide. But this is also the difference between like, you know, the, the, just the, the prize fighter who just runs his mouth and then gets knocked out in, in eight rounds versus like the, the, the quiet solid champ who like, you know, goes those eight rounds and is just waiting for like that, that big hit to just, you know, to, you know, to, to KO, KO the opponent. Well, I, if I could talk, you know, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I mean, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I don't think this is. Um, analogous to the PS3 launch situation and that Sony, that that kind of prideful, you know. Which has been a big criticism. A lot of people are saying like, yeah. and, and myself included, there are parts where I'm like, I don't like the vibe that this is throwing off. I, I'm not getting those vibes. It, it's not that dire. I think it's overblown. But so, um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, again, this is something that, you know, I mentioned uh, on the phone call the other day, but it's just Sony sucks at optics and Microsoft is really good at it. 
you know, they're a American company. Microsoft is an American company, and Sony being a you know a traditionally Japanese company, though they're kind of shifting Western here lately. You know, they're just not as responsive on things like social media or whatever when it comes to kind of capitalizing on you know a, a, a snafu or whatever. You know, whereas like someone like Phil Spencer or um, or you know Major Nelson or whatever is kind of real quick to kind of um, you know. Just capitalize on the situation, you know, if, if it's there. And and that really helps out with optics. And so there's that. And then kind of Sony just kind of not say anything. It's been a while since we've seen a showcase or any games or any, you know, really mm. kind of major news. What are you doing with PS Now? Why you, all this sort of stuff. Look, Which, kind, of like I, kind of like I said at the beginning of the show, it, they have a fine slate of games coming out compared to the competition and as soon as they have their showcase for E3 or whatever it is coming up this summer, everyone's going to shut up. Because when we get the Horizon date and the God of War date and see that Silent Hill is real, because guess what? It is. And all these other sort of things, everyone's going to shut up. I mean, we have Final Fantasy 16 coming up for exclusive. We have, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, Silent Hill is probably coming. Um, you know, there's heavy rumors that Metal Gear Solid is, gonna, is getting remade. You know, those are going to come to PlayStation. So it's not like they're hurting now or in the foreseeable future. So when I just look at, you know, um, look at the pipeline, what they have coming up down the road, and I see that, you know, Microsoft still has to kind of prove it with their all these studios that they bought. Yeah. You know, I mean, I heard just yesterday that, you know, games like Fable and um, the uh, rare game Everwild, what was it called? Perfect. Is that Dark? it? No, um, anyway, I'm botching it. And, uh, you know, games like that and like Hellblade 2 are quite a ways away, actually. Like, they're mm-hmm. not anywhere soon coming out. So, um, well, and then, you know, like looking at that Double Finds uh, Psychonauts 2, which was, for all intents and purposes, is still coming to PS5. There's been no news that they're going to be pulling that from the PlayStation Store because that was yeah, initially. I mean, it, everything could change, but I mean, none of this is, this is, but yeah, it's like, I think that, and after talking to you, th- that was the big thing where I was like, you know what? Yeah. Sony's still bringing some heat. Whereas Microsoft is like, yes, there's a lot of like, there is a lot of like optically like stuff where it's like, well, we've got game pass, we've got backwards compatibility, blah, 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 blah. But there's no real reason for me to feel like I need to have an Xbox, you know, it's, it's more along the lines where I'm Mm -hmm. like, eh, you know, maybe someday, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I I just checked it as it is called Everwild that Rare is making. Um, it it looks really good, but anyway, um, so, so yeah, at the end of the day, um, you know, as a self-proclaimed, you know, Sony pony and all these things, you know, I, you know, I don't give them a pass for crap, you know, like the, the, the launch of the PS3 sucked, you know, mm-hmm. like um, I can see like some of the some of their lack of messaging or, or lack of aggression in the market recently kind of sucks. But it's also hard to pl- complain when I just got done playing Miles Morales and it was fantastic, you know, yeah. and, and things like that. Um, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not remorseful about my PS5 uh, purchase and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think all this is 
a little overblown. Sony sucks really bad at optics, and Microsoft is really good at it. And Microsoft is having some good uh, some good punches here lately. I mean, to, to their credit, they're doing the right things. They're making their platform worthwhile more and more and more. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to keep Sony on their toes, and that's always a good thing. So I'm not really, yeah. as, as a Sony fan, I don't, I'm not bummed out about this. Yes, there's some things to be trepidatious about and to kind of look at, like, you know, Herman Holtz, Jim Ryan, the new regime. Are you guys kind of doing things well? You know, let's are see you, how that are goes. Are you asleep at the wheel here, boys, or what's going yeah. on? Yeah. But as of the here and now and the foreseeable slate that they've shown us, I have no reason to be upset as a PlayStation fan. So that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, yeah, the Twitterverse can whine and complain about all these little things that we mentioned in the show so far. But at the end of the day, they're still bringing the heat. It's still quality. And as long as they keep that bar high, which may not always be there, then, Mm -hmm. you know, the fans will be happy, I think. Well, yeah. And I think that's, that's, you, you point out something that Sony, when they're sort of on their back foot, is actually better. Um, yeah. and, and I mean, like we've, we've talked about Game Pass, but the only reason Game Pass and backwards compatibility are even really the things that they are is because Microsoft was at, was basically eating, like they, they were getting lapped last gen. And so Microsoft had to make moves that were more consumer friendly. And I think like, you know, and that's, that's what competition does. Yep. Is it forces the uh, you know it forces innovation, and so there's a part of me where it's like yeah I kind of hope that you know or that Sony kind of takes some lumps and maybe wakes them up to some of the stuff that they're doing like you know the uh, like there there was a PS Now has like it's just weird it's a weird service um, but I've actually been playing around with it and I don't have like awesome internet but I have like decent internet. And I've been like streaming some PS3 games and it's pretty good. It's odd that okay. like I, I was playing infamous uh, festival of blood and mm-hmm. I did have a couple skips, but I'm also running it. My, my PS4 off of Wi-Fi versus like a hardline connection. And mm-hmm. it's like, and I'm looking at this and I'm saying, you know what? Maybe there's a little bit more here going on. Like I know PS now takes some lumps. But mm-hmm. and I'm not going to sort of swear that it's like an adequate service. But I was like, I played for a couple hours the other night, the other day on it, just to say like, yeah, because I was like, I have a subscription and I haven't really done a whole lot with it. And I was like, I'm going to just try this out, and it's decent. I'm not going to say it's a perfect solution, but I think it's a lot better than it's it's, and it's definitely not going to be a Game Pass killer. But yeah, not in its current state. Not in its current state. But it is a way better service than I gave it credit for. Yeah, I, I think so. And your mileage is definitely going to vary when it comes to yeah. the streaming stuff. But, but the bottom line with that, and I think you know, Google Stadia just kind of proved, is that people don't want to stream their games. They want to have them mm-hmm. downloaded locally. Um, it's just not ideal. Some games, you know, like a puzzle game or whatever, a slower-paced game, you can get away with it no problem. But any sort of action, you know, high response, you know, kind of game, you, you, it's less than ideal. So, you know, until they just make their PS3 games downloadable, which I think is the only platform that you can't download from PS Now, it's going to be kind of gimped a little bit, the well, services. And, and that's, I mean, and that's, that's going to be, 
I want to see them sort of come up with some solution to like deal with the cell because what it is is the PS3 cell architecture right. is just ruining everything. Like they can't even get it to emulate very well on PC. Uh, yeah. And so it's one of those things where and that's and that's the the I guess sort of like the the strengths between the two companies too just briefly to sort of like kind of touch on this is Sony is a hardware manufacturer. You know, TVs, audio equipment, and the PlayStation. Like that's that's kind of what they do. And the like, and honestly, the the PlayStation's the play the play the PS5's solutions to to for performance and the basically the way they rebuilt SSD architecture and infrastructure like that that is brilliant next level stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that in a lot of ways, I think that they don't get enough credit for the way that they really push forward that that part of it. But when we're looking at like the software side of things where we're talking about OS and netcode and stuff like that, Microsoft has them licked because it was with the Xbox One, you know, and going back to this, it was like backwards compatibility is an impossibility. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you just had to be properly motivated. Yeah. And so maybe... This will be some of the stuff where they're like, okay, we need to get some like, you know, software savvy people in here and we need to start really like cleaning house <laughs> on some of this stuff and figuring out options. Yeah. Maybe, or who knows? You know, I, I think part of the problem too is people, fans keep expecting these two companies to be exactly alike and they don't have to be. They just don't because, have to be. Just because they've been kind of a mirror image of one another since the birth of Xbox doesn't mean they have to keep being that way. And, you know, you, you can see where I'm going with this. Microsoft is clearly carving out a different type of market for themselves. And, you know, um, while we talk about some of the profitability of the, of the Xbox, I, I think, you know, it, it seems like it's it's working. I mean, you know, you can't argue with kind of the, um, the like, good optics of Game Pass and all these sorts of things, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, people yeah. love it. So, you know, it... it Sony doesn't have to mimic that. They can do their own, you know, we got the big, huge, you're going to pay for these experiences because they are game award winning type games, you know, like they're game of the year type games and stuff like that. Um, And that can be their, their boutique space too, if you want to call it that, you know, and, and Microsoft can keep ratcheting up their subscription numbers and, and, you know, um, having success, having success there too. And that's all good. And so, you know, we well, talk I about mean, you know the 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 tide right that the, the high tide rises all boats. And I think you're kind of seeing that Microsoft has figured out. It's like okay, we can't just keep going blow to blow with Sony on this. Let's just carve out a slightly different space and see what we can do. And I think they're finding success. Yeah, and it's you, you can't begrudge that. I mean, look at what Nintendo did with the Switch over the last few years. Like it's it's sort of a a it, in some ways it is a vast departure from the norm. Mm-hmm. And they're finding wild success there. And I think that that hopefully what we'll see this coming generation, you know, is that these companies will further distinguish themselves, um, you know. And, of course, it doesn't help, you know, on Twitter or in face, different Facebook groups, like the, the rabo- rabid fanboyism, you know. Mm-hmm. And th- there is this idea of distinguishing between being a fan of something versus being a fanboy, 
you know and um but yeah i mean uh, overall i i went uh, after our initial phone call a lot of a lot of the tinfoil hat stuff that i was starting to like <laughs> deal with you're like you sort of talked me off the ledge okay and, good and you know so i'm i'm i still think there's some some areas to be a little concerned about like definitely. you know i definitely would love to see sony at least be a little bit better with communicating with their 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 consumers and their their fans but i mean this is also i mean when you look at the run up to the ps5 they weren't really talking about it at all <laughs> like yeah. everybody's like up until like they were like ah, here it is you, it, you know and it was like you know xbox the whole time is like it's gonna have this and it's gonna have this and it's gonna da 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 and like somebody's like meh like so it's mm-hmm. not yeah it's not historically like it just this hasn't been their strong suit at all like communicating and and sort of a lot of that stuff but um yeah, yeah. well to, to that point real quick and we can kind of sort of start wrapping it up but you know it's not the the best thing in the world to, to have happen but it is a case where sony thinks um you know like like e3 for example like they don't think they need e3 they're bigger than E3, all this, like when you look at streaming numbers or whatever the case, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they don't think they needed to put out messaging for the PS5 leading up to the launch because everyone is selling out. They're, they're, they have no problem with it. So why should they put forth the effort? You know, of course, that's the Sony that we're kind of all hoping, like, don't rest on your laurels and stuff. But the truth of the matter is they didn't have to talk about PS5. And it's, you can't find one still today. Yeah, you know, yeah, so I've it, just it, recently really started looking for one, and they're still impossible to get a hold of. Yes, so so it's kind of hard to argue with it from a certain perspective, but yes, certainly they could, they can do a lot better in yeah. terms of communication, in terms of like kind of not letting rumors just run rampant for several days and things like that. You know, but whatever the case, um, they can hem that up. Yeah, um, there is there is. Uh, room for concern as well, you know, when it comes to the leadership about the Schreier article and everything. I'm not brushing that away. I'm just kind of like, well, from what I see with their software lineup, both independent and AAA homegrown, I see a great lineup ahead. So it's mm-hmm. kind of hard for me to get upset about anything right now. Um, you know, I'm just seeing what I can see. So yeah, that's and I think that's the thing is like until this stuff actually plays out. We don't, you can, you can only sort of just look at it and say, and it's all speculative, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's not really a point in, in wasting too much energy, sort of like losing sleep over this or getting worked up over this. And and I think you and I talked about this a little bit too, when we on the phone where the reason that this should matter and stuff like this should matter is because these, these questions to, to listeners of the, the, the breakdown, and to just anybody who's trying to be sort of a little more intentional with their time and just, you know, again, sort of the, you know, trying to sort of work on those principles of stewardship in their life is that you want to make the best possible decisions. And so sometimes that requires you to be a little informed and it requires you to think through things. And so there, there's just like, there's some stuff here where it's like, you know, I guess maybe looking ahead and saying like, is Sony a company that maybe somebody wants to hitch their horse to or not? And yeah. And again, it's just sort of like these conversations and this thoughtfulness is helpful and it can mm-hmm. be useful. And 
Yeah. I mean, like, you know, even in our conversation, what, what I was sort of like low key sort of like checked on, you know, and, and again, you did, I don't think did this intentionally, but I was like, am I a little more invested in this than I ought to be? And it, so, you know, you helped it, me put some good space there, man. Well, I, I don't, it's, you know, invested as well. I think, you know, we're, we're fans of the industry and, you know, we, we love to kind of just follow news and stuff like that. Um, you know, certainly don't get, you know, worked up and, you know, let it bother you. You know, that's mm-hmm. not, that's not a proper response to something like that. We should never be a slave to consumerism or a company or anything like that. But, you know, yeah, it, it is good to kind of, yeah, check these things. And like, you know, for example, you know, if you're the guy who's like, who, who really cares about, um, about, um, Oh crud! I'm losing the word. Uh, pres- uh, preserving things like preserving games. Oh, like and, games know, history and game y- preservation. Y- yes. Yep. Then you might be looking hard at the fact that Sony just closed their stores, and the fact that Microsoft is going out of their way and bending over backwards yeah. so that you can put in an old Xbox, uh, uh, an original Xbox disc into your Series X, and it plays that game better than it's ever looked. That might be something that matters to you. So, you know, we, we like to, you know, chop up these things and kind of analyze them and look at them through a critical lens and say, what does that mean for the company? What, 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 what do we, how do we think this is going to affect them in the future and those sort of things? So, you know, um, you know, I, I, I call it like I see it. And yes, I am, uh, you know, I have a bent towards the games that Sony makes. I, I prefer their games. But, every, you know, at the end of the day, games are all preference. You know, we have... You know, fans that prefer only high frame rates with on PC and fans that love Nintendo and fans that only love third person Sony games and or whatever else. And it's like, that's all great, you know, but um, but to but to look at some of this stuff critically and say, like, OK, well, you know, maybe they're not making the best decisions here. Maybe my my money is best spent over here on this other platform or whatever. Um, that's that, that, that's all good stuff to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, you know, one, I enjoyed our phone call uh, and I. I was just like, when, when we were like, Hey, maybe we should record this. And I was like, well, why don't we do both? Because personally, I just, you know, it's been too long, dude. It's been too long. Um, but I, I had a ton of fun tonight and, uh, it was just a good time to sort of chew this up a little bit with you. So uh, you've been on the show before, but just throw out those, those sweet deets. You know, if anybody wants to find you and follow you. Yeah, um, at Doug's Vest on Twitter and the GG app and PSN and Xbox Live. I'm always going to call it that. <sighs> uh, yeah, Doug's Vest, D O U G S V E S T. Pretty active here lately on Twitter, in the Facebook groups, you know, the Backlog mm-hmm. Breakdown group and the uh, the TRG, TRG. group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, putting up content. Actually, real quick plug, it, it's probably going to be out by the time this goes up, but I got a cool so, – so I did a uh, – Crud. I did a um, bite sized on Journey here for for the, for the podcast here. Um, I recently did kind of a, a similar thing for TRG. Uh, Why I love Journey article is going up soon, and then I've got an associated I like, uh, I like it. YouTube video. Uh, kind of uh, talking about why I love that game so much. That's going on, up soon. on the TRG YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you fancy boy, you. you yeah. Fancy fancy boy, you. It's been. I've been getting into some video editing. It's been fun. So I dabble. You know, I just saw on Facebook, uh, Logan and Adam are finally going to do an episode on Chrono Trigger. I'm a little salty, though, because I'm like, I'm half tempted to shoot them a message and be like, dude, and you're not asking me or Josh to come on there and just like grill you 
on this. But well, I know Logan <laughs> likes to keep his stuff under an hour and a half, and I would probably not let that happen. Lol, that that's a great point. And also, too, I think he's got Matt Millsap coming on, which is uh, Matt's an awesome dude. So I'm sure he's going to have some yeah, cool things to, to say about Chrono Trigger. Me. <laughs> anyways anyways so uh once again mike or mike micah i thanks for hopping on the mics man um of course thanks for just being a rad dude and um yeah until next time guys uh, you know what you're supposed to do bye-bye see ya Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Excuse me, may I have a moment of your time to talk about the wonder and beauty of tokusatsu? See, tokusatsu is a Japanese word for special effects and usually refers to the super fun TV shows you watched as a kid with those heroes wearing spandex and those giant rubber monsters and cool explosions and awesome transformations. That's so cool. I happen to be a big fan of it and run a podcast about the entire genre. So if you could just, like, I don't know, subscribe and, and take a listen to my episodes, I greatly appreciate it. It's called the Henshin Dad Podcast, and it's it's kind of awesome, or at least my, my mom thinks so, but she still hasn't reviewed it on iTunes yet. So. But anyway, thanks for your time. Just just check it out, the Henshin Dad Podcast. It's on Anchor, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, okay, okay, bye!